0: Good morning, it's June 10th, 2016, and it's another edition of Meet the Movie Press. There's a lot to talk about this week. Just announced today, Battlestar Galactica, the movie, we're looking at that. Suicide Squad, get a PG-13, not all fans like that idea. A Goonies sequel and a Splash reboot, and Finding Dory, we're talking about it here today. And special co-host is Stephen Lemieux, the executive producer of the Popcorn Talk Network. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Well, good morning. Um, Just so you you, you want to, to know, Jeff is not here this week. He's on holiday... He's fine. People get a little bit upset sometimes when he's not here. (laughs) It's absolutely fine. He will be returning. He's got two weeks off. So this week is going to be me leading. Same next week. And we're going to have two special co-hosts. This week is Stephen Lemieux, the executive producer at the Popcorn Talk Network here. Hey, thanks for having me on, Simon. Thank you for getting up early. I know you're not a morning person. I, I am
1: not because I'm a late night person. Ah, but, you know, the studios go till 1 a.m., 2 a.m.
0: sometimes. so That's true. So, um, big week this week. Um, yeah. Lots to talk about. Lots of cool stuff. Um, shall we start off with um, Finding Dory? Because the um, we'll talk about the rest of the new releases later on. But it has been um, lifted, the embargo, this morning. Yeah, uh, so we're going to keep
1: it spoiler free, though, right? We so are, um, absolutely.
0: Okay. And the, the thing is that it, it's, it's, diff, it's not difficult to do that with this. Because it, it's not a direct sequel to the first film. Um, and the title is slightly misleading because obviously in Finding Nemo in the first film, they're they looking for Nemo. Yeah. Uh, with Finding Dory, they're not looking for Dory, they're looking for Dory's family. Now, the whole film is, is littered with spoilers, so I can't talk too much about it. But the simple plot is uh, they go on this journey. Dory, um, who is not very good, as we know, with her memory, uh, has a sudden spark of inspiration and remembers her family, so goes to find her family. They go from Australia and they go to America and they, they try to find the family in a aquarium Mm -hmm. uh, or a marine facility. I won't tell you more than that. There aren't that many returning cast members from the first film. A handful. Ellen DeGeneres obviously back um, as Dory. Uh, Albert Brooks is back as Nemo's father, Marlin. Um, joining her this time is an absolute slew of fantastically cast talent. So uh, Ty Burrell is in it, um, brilliantly playing a whale. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. It's not the biggest part of the movie, but he is absolutely fantastic. Um, Ed O'Neill, uh, another Modern Family um, alum, Uh, is uh, Hank, who is an octopus, uh, with one less uh, tentacle, got to get that word right, Um, so is a septopus. And that's what you see in the trailer. You see that in the trailer as well. Uh, There are so many people in this film that, that... You think it might be overcrowded and not a lot of people will get to breathe, but it works so brilliantly. And Andy Stanton has done an amazing job. He directed Nemo. He's come back to do this one. An absolutely phenomenal job. Technology has come on on leaps and bounds in the last 13 years. So what they can do with this film visually is... It's been 13 years since... 13 years. It really doesn't seem like that, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, but wow. it's thirteen years. Yeah, it was May two thousand three that the first one came out. It took four years to make. This one took about three years to make. Um, but Andy, after after the first one was, I, I interviewed him yesterday. He was kind of like, "I'm I'm done with fish. I've had enough <laughs> with fish." Um, but he 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 had this nagging thing in the back of his mind. What's Dory's story? Mm-hmm. And so this is it. Well, this is have, Dory's story. When you have just such an original creation that does so well.
1: You can't... I mean, in the, in the world of sequels, everyone's yeah. making a sequel for everything. When when they show up to your door with a with a garbage can full of money saying, Hey, mm. uh, we're not going to Walter White this. We're not going to bury it in the desert and make you find it. We're going to give it to you. Make a second movie.
0: Well, and a lot of the time, the pressure comes from the audience. Yeah. You know, to, to, to make this film, to make a sequel. It's more of the same, please. But that's one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I know we can't
1: give spoilers on sure. it. Sure. But... With with Finding Nemo the original, there's so many lovable characters yeah. and, and like moments mm. that became pop culture. The Sea Turtles, the like every step of the movie was yeah. like a it was like a national amoon's vacation movie in a way for kids. Mm. Um, does this movie have those same moments that you're kinda like this will track people are going to remember this. It's not just a copy.
0: Yeah. And the really nice thing is what they've done is, is some of these characters in the first film do return. Okay. So, you know, you, you see crush for a moment, you see okay. some of the other, and a lot of them are featured sort of in the background. Um, but that's kind of like the training wheels for those people who just are like, I don't know if I want to leave that film and go to something new so there's a little bit of the the feeling of the old film you know the the, the ray is back with all the other school kids and then the little little squid that inks itself you know <laughs> they're, they're back but they're not in the whole movie and it's the it they kind of hand over to these new cast of characters and it's absolutely flawless and all of them the minute that they come on screen you instantly take to them they're brilliantly crafted it's brilliantly written the script is fantastic it has the first one was a was a g rating this mm-hmm. one's a pg now oh. it doesn't mean yet yeah, that it's any less suitable for families it's totally a family film still in they just every probably sense say crap once or something well no it's not that it's just that because i think they can move the story forward and the situations of peril are slightly more intense this time round. It's certainly not, it, I wouldn't describe it as a roller coaster ride, but some of the emotional stuff that comes with this as well. And the, the stories about family and, and that and connections. So there's a slightly more, there's a, a slightly harder edge to some of the emotional uh, moments in okay. the film. And the moments of peril with the stunts and the set pieces are slightly more um they come thick and fast, and there's a lot of them, and they're certainly very dynamic, and they're very in-your-face. So it kind of ups the stakes a little bit. But it's certainly... I mean, I watched it with a bunch of adults and a bunch of kids this week at Disney, and every single person in there was having a whale of a time with the movie. Pardon the pun. Um, they, they absolutely loved it. So kids are going to love it. Adults are going to love it. And they've done something that's enough different... For it not to feel samey, and it doesn't feel like a cash in, it doesn't feel like a sequel. It feels more like a companion piece. Is
1: is there any time difference, like between the first movie and this one? Like,
0: is it directly? There was a take- year. Okay, so it is a year later. Yeah, I think it's a year. Is it a month or a year? No, it's a year. Okay, yeah, cool. They, they put that up in in the in, in, the, in the in the beginning of the in the beginning of the film within the, like the first five or ten minutes.
1: Okay, cool. So, so no spoilers there. No um, spoilers. Um, what do you think in of box office for this
0: movie? Like. How, how well do you think this opening weekend's going to be? Well, they're looking at it opening um, sort of around the 120 million. Okay. Which I think is is doable. Um, I think this will very easily um, touch a billion within a handful of weeks. Do you think this will do better than Zootopia? I think this will top Zootopia. Wow. I don't think we're looking at Star Wars levels of Disney success. I think it will exceed um, Finding Nemo, because I think it was, off the top of my head, nine, six, three million... So it got close to the billion, but it didn't tip over.
1: Well, like Finding Nemo, not everyone saw it in theatres, but then it's just been, it's stayed around. People buy it on DVD all the time. New kids, like 13 years, people who couldn't watch it when they were born. Yeah. Yeah, so everyone's looking forward to the sequel. So. Yeah, and I,
0: I, I think it, it's got enough there to entertain people, and it's got a lot of stuff there that you want to... And this is sort of endemic with a lot of the, the, the Disney and Pixar films these days. There's so much going on that you want to watch it twice or three times just to catch everything. The whole thing is littered with Easter eggs. Okay. Absolutely littered. And there are some really nice touches in there. There's um, There's a clam. Uh, who has one scene but it's an awesome scene Uh, that's voiced by by Andy Stanton the the director Um, Sigourney Weaver plays a role in this that I won't tell you about because it might spoil I'm not sure if it's in the trailers Um, but it's just genius it's so simple but so genius there are so many little nuggets of gold here that you want to take with you and some brilliant set pieces that it stands alone if you've not seen Finding Nemo it doesn't matter you can just watch this movie. It's a Brit one of I think for me one of Pixar's finest films. It's up there with like Toy Story three. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a solid, solid piece of work. I would
1: have seen it, but we sent our Disney movie news team to see it instead.
0: Ah, well, I'm sure <laughs> they kind of got precedent over me. I'm sure they'll love it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's a great it's a great film. So um, you also saw Conjuring two? Did yes. Um, I loved the Conjuring. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really intense, but it was very, very scary. Well, it's
1: tough, because it was original, but then how do you make a sequel that carries that same, like, flame?
0: Exactly. And obviously, with The, with the Conjuring, they had the Annabelle doll at the beginning, and mm-hmm. then they went into to, to the main part of the film. With this, they start with um, Amityville. Okay. And then they move to the the poltergeist, the, 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 the haunting in uh, Enfield in, in the UK. Um for me, just watching that, I kind of wish they'd just stayed with Amityville because that opening, that first sort of 10 minutes, it really packs a punch. Wow, It's visceral, it's intense, it's exciting, it's genuinely scary. When they moved to Enfield, it's done really well and it's always difficult to do a sequel to such an intense film. Um, it just, for me, even though it has a lot of technical flourishes and there are moments that genuinely will make you jump and there were many screens in the screening that I was at, for me, it just didn't lack that same amount of shit-your-pants scares. When they came, they were good, but there wasn't enough of them. Got it. And it felt... one good A positive and a negative about it is it explores the human side of things and it explores the emotional side, but it doesn't really work. That's not why I was watching The Conjuring 2. I wasn't watching it to have a drama. I was watching it for a horror film that would make me poop my pants. And there was too much in there that made it feel a little bit overpacked, that it just kind of... It lost the tension a bit too much for me. But it's certainly far from being a bad horror film. So
1: you think fans of the first one will still...
0: I think if you're a fan of the first one, you'll still enjoy it. Um, I don't think it's as strong as the first one, and I think it's always difficult when you make a strong first film to revisit that or try and and move forward from that. Yeah. And we had this conversation before the show started. Um, people want more of the same sometimes. And when they get more of the same, it's very disappointing. So they've done the right thing with making it slightly different this time around. But it means that people who are looking for more of the same will be slightly disappointed. Yeah, I it's mean... It's a solid film.
1: It's just it's that question of whether you stick with the name or you come up with a new name. It's like yeah. you have that's what we were talking about with Finding Nemo, Finding Dory. It's a different movie. It's you said it was a companion as opposed to a yeah. direct sequel. So yeah. you know they could have just called it Finding Nemo Two, mm. but then you automatically assume I need to have seen the first movie to see this. Yeah, and I think with the Conjuring horror movies, like a lot of people, unless it's like the the quarantine or like the wreck series. Sure. You're not going to be watching the sequels unless you've seen
0: the first one. I mean, mm.
1: it doesn't really matter with horror films, but yeah. I don't know. I see a lot of people thinking, oh, Conjuring 2, I didn't catch the first one, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to go watch this one.
0: Well, there's one, there's one particular scene in in, in uh, The Conjuring 2 where Patrick Wilson uh, is with the family in Enfield, and um, he, starts doing, he starts playing the guitar and singing um, an Elvis song. It just doesn't work for me. I see what they were trying to do, and it's not like it leads to a scare. I was like, oh shit, the ghost's going to come. <laughs> and it doesn't. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that that It just was, kind of fell flat in that. It just didn't work for me. And, and there's, there's a brilliant... Sometimes there's a, a MacGuffin in a film, and you're like, well, if you just did that, you get rid of the problem. And this film centres around a ghost that someone who died in a chair is the conduit in which this demon comes through using. And you're kind of like, well, if that's how the demon's coming through, get rid of the chair. Demon gone. Ghost gone. And you kind of like... It sucks when there's that moment where yeah. you're just like, why, why don't you just do this? And I think if they just tweaked that a little bit, I think they would have made that a stronger MacGuffin. Got it. You know, it just, it just didn't sit perfectly enough for you to go... I spot the hole in this plot.
1: Yeah, you need your horror movie characters to actually be smart enough that you're yeah. not just thinking they're idiots the whole time.
0: But it's done It's done brilliantly. If you know the case of the, the haunting in Enfield, then you will really, really enjoy this film. And I do. It's obviously growing up in the UK. I'm very familiar with it. Do you recommend people read up on that before they go see the movie? Um, I would... It's difficult to say, actually. I don't know if you want to, because then you'll know kind of what's coming, because it's Got based it. quite closely to, to what happened in, in real life. Um, so I would say go and see the film and then read it more on the Enfield haunting. That's the, probably the way that I would do it, because otherwise you'll see some of the things coming in the movie. But it's great. I mean, it, it, they've, they've done a good job with it. it. They just haven't done as good a job as they did with The Conjuring. But it's solid. It's going to do OK. Box office, it took in 3.4 um, on Thursday, the first night last night. So that's not a that's not a terrible opening. Um, I think they're looking at sort of high 20s, 30s um, for, you know, for an opening weekend, which is OK.
1: I mean, with the box office lately, that's yeah. going to take number one. But, Absolutely. Uh, definitely not going to stay there next weekend when Finding Dora yeah. comes
0: So also out this weekend of Warcraft and Now You See Me too. Haven't seen those, unfortunately, but we will touch on Warcraft later on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so. so let's
0: talk about Battlestar Galactica.
1: Yeah, did you watch the original series? Like I are did. you are
0: you such like big fan of all of it or just a few different parts of it? I well I was more of a fan of the 1970s show okay. than I was of the of the remake. I mean there's nothing wrong with the remake. I I really enjoyed the the rebooted series. Um but for me I love the kitschness of the original 1970s which even in the 70s it looked kind of shit. Oh yeah. You know, it, but I like that era of sci-fi. I really enjoy it.
1: Well, it's kind of like the the step the step the redhead stepchild to, like, Star Trek and Star Wars. You're kind of yeah. like, um, okay, I can get with this. And then you get into it and you're like, this is awesome. Mm. And it kind of gets a bad name. It gets a bad rep for not being as popular. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I loved Edward James almost in the newer series. Yes. Um, I think if they are going to bring anything into this movie, <laughs> I mm. want them to bring him. But... No, I mean it's it's a good series that people should check out. Definitely the the original version. Just like it it has that same charm as the original Star Trek. It does. Where you're like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous, but it's hilarious. Godzilla films. If you're a big fan of Godzilla films and you you like Doctor Who,
0: yeah, you check it out. Yeah, Um, I think. I don't know if it's on Netflix. It should be. I don't know if it's on Netflix. I know you can get hold of it not not expensively on on things like Amazon. Okay. Um. So if you do want to sort of you know revisit that, go in and do that. You know, you can pick up these boxes quite quite cheaply these days. Um. I'm I was a big fan when they rebooted Star Trek, so I'm hoping that this is going to be along the lines of that Star Trek reboot. Yeah. Um. I hope they they keep the characters but slightly change how they are interpreted i think that would be nice just distance itself enough because one thing uh, was a a plus and a minus we should probably preface why we're talking about battlestar galactica okay fine yeah (laughs) you you, you take that
1: um so battlestar galactica of course we got a movie coming um it's been greenlit now and we're looking at where are my notes I'm totally, I totally lost is it. Is this
0: the exec producer or the director? I mean, Lisa Joy, um, director. the exec producer of, of Westworld, who's the new show for HBO, she's involved in this. And Francis Lawrence is being circled um, as the, the director. Now, you, he it probably isn't a name that would automatically go, oh, okay, fine, he's no Spielberg, but... His catalogue is pretty strong. Constantine, um, a film that does divide audiences, but has great substance and visually is impressive, which would translate well to to a sci-fi film. I Am Legend, yeah, hugely successful and a great movie, um, and the last three Hunger Games films. Now, you could say (laughs) you could say you don't like that, you don't like that, but that's not a bad mix of sort of visual creativity and and character. And certainly, all of those films, whether you like them or not, visually pack a punch, which is half the battle.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't. I mean, Hunger Games, I think, was a little too CGI everywhere. Mm. Like they 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 tried to throw the moments in there too much, where it's like, oh, this is grand, this is grand, this is grand. Everything is gigantic, and you're like, come on, just cool it down a bit. I I, I'd really like a more. grungy Battlestar Galactica. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, when we rebooted Star Trek, everything was shiny. Everything had lens flare everywhere. And it's like, everything is cool and new. And it's like, oh, my God. I want a Battlestar Galactica that's more, like, alien. It gives you that sense of claustrophobia. Okay. It gives you more of a paranoia around the characters. Mm. Because that's what the series is centered around, paranoia. Mm. And who is who's a Cylon and, again, humans selling out their own race. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's there's a great opportunity to make a very, very psychological movie with this but they're probably not going to go that route because they're probably going to want
0: to franchise this i think the amount of money universal are going to be the studio behind this and universal they have a couple of franchises they've got things like fast and furious massively successful obviously um you know there's they would love to have something that is their hunger games which yeah. they don't have so i think looking at this as a franchise would be something i Warcraft. Mm. I don't think that's going to be franchise material. Um, But, yeah, a a franchise, I think that would be the way that they would look at it. And I think that's why they've got someone like Francis Mm -hmm. that they're circling who has done franchise movies.
1: Well, it's probably going to be an ending just like I Am Legend, where it's like you could have a second if you wanted to. Wouldn't have Will Smith in it, obviously. but
0: Well... (laughs) (laughs) will smith has a habit these days of turning up in the most unlikely of places so that would not be well this is interesting actually with casting you would need someone who could be very strong so obviously it would mean changing the ethnicity but could you see him fitting into the role that you mentioned previously um the almost role Will Smith? Could you see that? I mean, I I guess
1: I could. I think it'd be weird to see that, though. But I guess he is kind of at that age now. Like, it's weird to think about that back when that came out, like, Will Smith is there now. Yeah. I don't think he's, I don't think he's, uh, like, gruff enough. Like, I don't think he's battle hardened enough.
0: You you need someone a bit more gnarly, a bit older. Yeah, I
1: I think you do. I think you need somebody who, when they say this is the way, like, you think that they've been through the military they've mm. been through battle I don't, I don't i don't even see that for 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 suicide squad out of will smith he's supposed to be
0: he's dead shot No, oh, like, they've shaved his head yeah it, gnarly uh, i don't know what about okay he might be too old because he is in his 70s and i love him but he's no spring chicken danny trejo definitely for sure yeah
1: love danny trejo i think uh they probably they need to write the character to be danny trejo though they can't just they can't write the same character and be like Danny Trejo play this because Danny Trejo yeah. only plays Danny Trejo.
0: <laughs> True. So, but he plays it very well. He plays it very yeah. well.
1: Uh, I, I think Donald Sutherland would do a great job in that role. Yes, because uh, of course, if he's already worked with the director and yeah. we, I think President Snow is one of the greatest characters of the Hunger Games movies. Yeah. And when I read the books, I was imagining him. So I think when they're doing the casting for this, they've got to be really smart. Yeah. Because the fans are just going to get pissed off. I, I just want them to use some no-names. Interesting. Because I think the, the best movies are when you pair A-list stars with uh, talented no-names. Not just r- ridiculous no-names. Like Yeah. I, I, you, need, you need good writing. Of course, I watched Fantas- F4 the other day. Like, why would I watch that? And mm. I'm like, okay, great. We got a lot of talent. We got a lot of stars. But the writing is terrible. So yeah. it's just a terrible movie. I, I want some new talent in this pool. Cause these are the people who are going to see a comic con every single year. If this is a successful franchise, these are the people who are going to have the huge fan bases. This is just like suicide squad has all a list. Like I want some new people, to idolize i want 10 15 years down the road to be like this person started in the Battlestar galactic franchise was yeah. successful mm. and now they're faint
0: like i want that well, we're starting to get a few of those coming through i mean the brilliant john boyega is one of them he's but obviously a- he's yeah. he's now he doesn't want to become franchise guy because we'll, we'll talk about this you know in, in a second but he's obviously got he's got star wars and now he's got pacific rim 2 um so I, probably he won't want to put another franchise on that no um what about Josh Hutcherson? Because he will have worked again... I'm not going to just list people who've been in Hunger Games movies, but I, I like Josh very much as an actor. I, I could see him in this easily. Yeah, to, I mean, I could see, I could see
1: director casting people from Hunger Games left and right mm. because I mean, but not Jennifer Lawrence. Not Jennifer Lawrence. I like mean, Jennifer Lawrence. She's too enough. iconic. She yeah. she would take the screen time away. But when you look at Hunger Games, you get a lot of great actors that just get killed right away. So you can like Alexander Ludwig. He was he's now like Vikings. He's yeah. got some great stuff under his belt, but he's not really a movie star. He was in. Uh, He's an American sniper. He was in a mm-hmm. few other things, but you don't really recognize him yet, and he's not really that movie star potential. But he has it. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of people that they could just bring more to the forefront
0: that yeah. haven't really had their chance to shine. I would like to see more of Alexander Skarsgard. I really like him. He, I mean, he's got Tarzan. He does, but I mean, it depends on how successful that is, and whether that becomes another.
1: That's my just. That's my worry with Battlestar. I do though. like him though. When I'm like, what I love about the Star Trek reboots, yeah. When I watch them, yeah, Chris Pine is the guy, and then you have Zachary Quinto, but they don't outshine everyone else because you have a good mixture. I love the guy who plays Scotty. I love
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. who, who, bearing in mind that his father-in-law is Scottish, has one of the worst <laughs> Scottish. I love Simon Pegg, but Jesus Christ, that accent is terrible. But. I love all the actors
1: because they—they're not outshined by the stars. Yeah. If they do that in Battlestar Galactica, you put Alexander uh, Skarsgård in there, it's just Alexander Skarsgård, just like yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. It's Jennifer Lawrence, Colin Hanks. He could do it. Yeah,
0: he—he's—he's has been around for a long time, but he's never—he's just... like the A
1: minus list enough to not yeah outshine everyone.
0: Yeah, and wouldn't bring too much baggage to it. I could even see
1: Luke Wilson doing doing something in this movie because mm-hmm. you know you need the. A little bit of the comedic stuff.
0: I don't know. Galaxy
1: yeah. Quest is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I just look at I look at the goofy guy in that and how it just works. Yeah, I can see him being kind of that more.
0: I'd like to see. I've completely blanked on his name for a second, but the guy who played um, Quicksilver in uh, Kevin Peters, yeah, uh, X Men. I'd love him, and he's so massively underused in the X Men movies. So I just I just love facially, physically, and presence wise. I love what he does. I also think it'd be smart to cast some of these people from the, these new sci-fi shows. Yeah, uh, you got
1: Twelve Monkeys is doing really well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are huge fans of that. And then uh, you had that new outer space drama, which is apparently Game of Thrones in outer space. I can't mm-hmm. remember the title of it. Uh, use some of these people. Let's let's get some of the because those are those are playing to the fan base of the yeah. series
0: already. Yeah. So let's
1: get, let's get some Shows of those like people. Shows like The Walking Dead and Outcast
0: and stuff like that are great. Yeah. You I know. haven't watched Outcast. Yeah, it's I need, I need to good. Check it out. It's good. Um, but that, that's a completely separate network. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, so we're looking at... Uh, some... of Four would be amazing. I love Chewie. He'd be great. Love Chewie. Um, a couple of things in the in the chat room uh, in response to what we were talking about casting. Uh, Danny Trejo can't play Amadeus, though. Um... Uh, uh, I'd, I'd pay to see that. That's from Film Nerd Jamie. Uh, Will Smith is the legend in his own right from Mac Tilly. Um, other people saying that perhaps Will Smith would be good, but we have to see what he's doing in um, uh, Suicide Squad, which I think is is true. Um, Hutcherson was supposed to be Spider-Man back in 2010. He was. That is absolutely correct. So and again, Zeno him. Hour said just before you did how about you at for? for Absolutely fantastic. No, I was
1: quoting him. Ah, oh, oh, right. Yeah, so okay, shout out fantastic.
0: Um, so, yeah, you know, lots of stuff, uh, you know, casting. But again, you know, the... Names that we were suggesting going down quite well. So uh, if any of those are cast, we will take fifteen percent.
1: Well, as long as they just don't say Tom Cruise. (laughs) That's
0: uh, uh, no, no. I love Tom Cruise. (laughs) I love Tom Cruise. I could watch him all day. (laughs) Come
1: on, we're rebooting Battlestar Galactica with Tom Cruise.
0: I'd watch that. I would totally watch Except that.
1: Except it's going to be a Scientology documentary instead.
0: I'm not watching that.
1: <laughs> I'm not watching that. Uh, yeah,
0: okay. You're course. Lord Zinu.
1: You're Lord Zinu. We'd oh. love to get
0: some feedback on this, actually. And <laughs> um, we're going to be taking calls... <laughs> Oprah with Tom Cruise in space. Uh, no, sorry, Tom, I love you. Um, we're going to take tours on the show today. So the number is, uh, same as usual, 424 253 0504. That's 424 253 0504. I've stuck that right in the top of the chat on the YouTube channel as well. So if you want to zip to the top and, and write it down, you're more than welcome. Um, we'd love your thoughts on what we've discussed already. Or If there's anything you would like to talk about, please do give us a call. We'll take some calls in just a minute. Now, I touched on Suicide Squad. God, Steven.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um getting a PG-13 rating this week are you surprised by that Now the, the, I'm really surprised by okay. it Okay, um, I think it's slightly
1: it might be backpedaling after Batman vs Superman mm. because they're like oh this was too dark now everyone's gonna think Suicide Squad's too dark so we gotta backpedal I don't know when I think Suicide Squad like you're taking all the most badass villains yeah and they need to just let hell break loose. Then you have the Jared Leto Joker, which J- Jared Leto Joker, and he's supposed to be this insane guy who like dissects people and does crazy stuff like that. Mm. PG 13. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't, I have such high hopes for this movie, but I haven't been just kind of blown away, excited by this movie.
0: I'm, yeah, I've got friends that work at Warner and inside Warner of the two films that Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad it was really Suicide Squad that the guys within Warner were getting the most excited about this is the one that they're going this is our summer movie
1: well obviously after Batman versus Superman they're no, saying they definitely this think,
0: but this, this was even before that this was quite a few months ago um I'm quite surprised that it's not going for something a little bit harder. Um, yeah, it's it's baffling to me, honestly. And I did look at the trailers, which personally have got me very excited. I'm really, really genuinely looking forward to this. Um, and I did think maybe they're holding back some of the violence just so they don't kind of, you know, put it all out there straight away and everyone's going like... I've seen this, I know what's happening, you know, this is it's going to lose the dynamism. Um, but, and this was something that someone else raised the other day when I was having a conversation with them, um, Batman versus Superman is about to come out in home entertainment, and what they're doing is they're releasing a harder R-rated version yeah. on home entertainment. Now, we know the home entertainment market has collapsed somewhat over the last couple of years, so I think what they're doing is and I'll give myself a counterpoint on this in a second, um, is that if they release it with the widest possible appeal in theatres, PG-13, where they can take it so far, whet your appetite for something a bit harder, get out there, get a load of money. It'll make a load of money anyway. I'm pretty much convinced about that. And I think it's going to be a higher quality product than Batman versus Superman. But they get a second bite of that cherry with then going back and saying, here's the super hard stuff that we couldn't put in. I think that is possibly a tactic. But do they need to do that? Because Deadpool wasn't PG-13, and it made a shitload of money. So they don't really need to soften it up. I went to see Deadpool, and there were kids in there who were barely 10 years old. So parents, yeah. if their kids want to see it, they're just going to take them to the theatre anyway.
1: It just it terrifies me that, they're, that this could be a move decidedly to make more money, when it should mm. just be, let's make a great movie... Whether it's rated R, PG-13, whatever, let's mm. make a great movie. If people say, if word of mouth says it's a great movie, we're going to make a lot of money. That's what happened with Deadpool is, you know, it was rated R, but as soon as reviews came out for that movie, everyone was just saying it's amazing. Yeah. And that's why it made as much money as it did. If If they're just trying to hold off for some kind of boost in DVD Blu-ray sales, I don't think that's necessarily worth it. I think this is a move just to bring in have parents more open to bring their children to this yeah anti-hero movie but you know I just I worry so much because I really want the DC cinematic universe to be as amazing as it can be yeah and it's just from what I've seen so far I'm very very skeptical of this movie which sucks because as soon as you say anything negative about suicide squad you're automatically labeled as somebody who hates DC but it's yeah it's not that it's more that you're you have the Joker, and mm-hmm. you have Harley Quinn. Aside from that, you ask 70% of America, they're not going to really know much of these characters. No. Um, and when you look at Batman versus Superman, everyone knows both of those characters by heart. True. And it still did not do as well as they wanted it to. Yeah. So when I think of Suicide Squad, I'm like, okay, this looks really cool. It's going to be one of those movies that everyone sees the trailer like, oh, that looks really cool. But when it comes time to go to the theaters to see it, I don't know how many people are actually going to do it.
0: It's an interesting point you, you, you make, actually points you make about the, um, the characters that people may or may not know. Um, because if you look at some of the Marvel characters, uh, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. not a really well-known character, going to be a major movie for Marvel. Ant-Man, not the best known um, Hawkeye, known, not massively known. Um, Thor was n- well-known, but probably not the m- best-loved Marvel character. So I think people still do like, rather than having the Batmans, the Supermans, that kind of thing, they do like to discover these characters. That well, they, are like, in,
1: they like to discover the characters, the but they people love a good origin story, mm. and movies do that too much nowadays a little bit. But yeah. uh, you look at that, though, and you say, okay, Hawkeye... He Hawkeye does, he doesn't have his own movie. Mm. He's introduced alongside other characters that you already know, yeah. and then you just kind of get used to him over the Avengers you have his movie. backstory
0: and stuff yeah, like that. and then
1: yeah. you look at Ant Man. That's one character. Yeah. So if you if you really think about it, you can look up on Wikipedia. You can see some Ant Man stuff and know what you're getting into. Yeah. this you have to research seven different characters. If you don't know who, I mean, you already know who the Joker is and you know who Harley Quinn is. You're researching all these characters just to go into the movie with a basic understanding. And even then, if the movie doesn't do an origin story for all these characters, Mm. which I hope to God it doesn't. I really hope to God it doesn't. That would take forever. It would. And I don't want them to do that. I want them to go in this movie assuming everybody knows these characters so we don't have to waste 30 minutes of the movie. On a first act, that's just introducing everyone.
0: No, I think that's a fair point. But I would look looking at the rating. I mean, the Avengers movies, the 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 Marvel movies, a lot of those are not you know sort of hard rated movies. They're all around that sort of PG level of entertainment. I am it not doesn't getting stop paid
1: them. by Marvel. God no, no, no. no but people. it doesn't
0: it doesn't stop them kicking dicks when it comes to action scenes. I mean, that action no, is, it is intense um so uh, you know it might not be gory stuff we're going to see in suicide squad but i think we're going to see some really impressive and seriously intense set pieces i might be wrong but i'm thinking that this is going to be what what we're really what everybody would really like whether you're a fan or not of dc to see coming out of a dc movie i'm very very excited and very intrigued about it
1: i will be so happy if this movie
0: is amazing I I will be the
1: first person to buy it. I will see it multiple times in theatres. Yeah. I I want it to be amazing. Cool. So that's, I mean, that's it. Like, I just, I really want the cinematic universe to just take off. Mm. Because, you know, they have so much that they have to fight against now.
0: Um, Let's talk about John Boyega uh, being cast in Pacific Rim 2 this week. Uh, There's not a huge amount to talk about it, apart from the fact that we know that he's going to be playing Idris Elba's son. Um, I was not a fan of Pacific Rim. Uh, did did you like? I I love Guillermo del Toro. I love his work. I think visually it was amazing. As a movie, it completely left me cold. Somehow,
1: this completely passed by me. I just never, I never got around to seeing it. Okay, isn't that is? It's weird because I just every time it's like on my list, but I just never get to it because I'm always just like I've heard so many iffy things about it. And I'm just like,
0: hey. yeah. There there wasn't, I mean, there's not really enough there for me to sell it to you to go, oh, you should watch it because it's interesting. Uh, Just there was very little about it that that even entertained. Everyone has
1: the same response. It's
0: like, should I I go make two and a half hours of my time to go watch this movie? Yeah, you don't really need to. That's the answer I always get. So how do you feel then about the fact that obviously John Boyega coming off the back of, of you know Star Wars and then another Star Wars movie and he's going to do a sequel to a film that people don't necessarily have a lot of love for in general, and the first one didn't do particularly well as a career move? What do you what do you think about that? Because he's quite brave to jump on a on a sequel where you don't
1: For some reason all I can think of is Aaron Paul after breaking bad, going yeah. into Need for Speed cuz yeah. it's like oh my god i can get all these deals now might as well cuz john boyega might be a huge fan of the first movie and think yeah. oh my god i'd love to do the second movie mm. and then if his agent even says no he can fight for it but i mean i don't think it'll be a bad movie by any means yeah i mean i think to to a certain degree like with john boyega they're going to get a great audience they're going to get more of the star wars crowd saying okay i want to see more of john boyega in something
0: yeah it's
1: it's just I can see it going the way of kind of passed by again.
0: Uh, responses uh, in here EV Party 97 rented Pacific Rim and slept through it Mm. Uh, yeah East Blue uh, East Blue Drew Pacific Rim is fucking awesome so two ends of the spectrum there Um, EV Party 97 other than big robots in the water with two people inside them yeah that's basically it Uh, Kevin Santos says I think uh, Boyega got attached because of Stephen DeKnight being part of the project which is true Um, obviously taking over um, directorial duties from uh, Guillermo del Toro who's not returning um uh the grambo 19 saying this could be a big uh, a good move for boyega uh these are the kind of movies that he belongs in yeah i mean i think that's fair but to be honest with you i think i preferred boyega in and um, if you haven't seen it a british film called attack the block um it was a, a it was a, a film that um uh, Joe Cornish uh I think uh, was was responsible for um it was set on a housing estate in London where um aliens basically invaded um I don't think it did massively over here it did well in the UK and that was the film that made John Boyega well known within the industry um I, <sighs> what do you what, what do you think of Steve McKnight taking over for Guillermo I think an interesting choice I I'm kind of but there's not he doesn't have that much behind him he's not he's not a known name doesn't have the Guillermo del Toro level of calibre so I don't I think it's a little bit of a risk but I think it's a risk worth taking because having him especially yeah I think for the studio his previous work um, I think Spartacus right is mm-hmm. behind, um, ha- well, you know, has it's very dynamic and very visually good Are not huge budgets. It's large budgets, but not massive budgets. And if you are a studio that's looking to try and effectively rescue something that you hope would be a franchise, someone who's used to working with a little bit less of a budget, but will be a bigger budget to them, will probably be able to do some really good and interesting things and might depend more on character than just giant robots fighting. I mean, I... I think it's good
1: just when I see, like, I'm trying to be political while I say this because I don't want to piss off everyone. (laughs) I have been less than impressed with Guillermo's work in the past few years. Fair comment. Because he puts his name on so many different things, but doesn't have the time to really dedicate to make them good. Like Mm. uh, Crimson Peak was Guillermo as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just... I'm like this movie needed another rewrite. It it had lots of problems, and I loved it for the visual. And I'm mm. sure Guillermo was involved in that. But then the story, everything kind of fell flat for me. Well,
0: that was that. that and then the film strain is just
1: getting terrible because he's no longer really involved. Yeah, the strain TV show. I, I don't know. And then he was doing SP or what was it called the the new Silent Hill uh, game he's involved with that he okay. backed out of. But now apparently they're back on like. I think he's just pulling himself too thin on some of these things.
0: Well, there was the terrible film uh, that he did uh, with Katie Holmes, and I think it was Guy Pearce. Um, about a uh, little sort of uh, monsters in a basement. Don't, don't be afraid of the dark or something. I can't remember what the title uh, was. Yeah. Um, and it was not. It was just not great. Um, someone, I'm sure someone in the chat will remind me what the film was called. Um, but just, it, just it focus just wasn't on one thing. thing. Yeah, yeah it wasn't scary. It it didn't have that level of um, dramatic intensity that his previous work has had. So, um, talking about the sequels, um, Sean Astin this week, um, at uh, which event was it at? It was at Phoenix Comic Con. Uh, was asked about the Goonies sequel. Now the Goonies sequel has been rattling. <laughs> around for shit since before i had hair you know and that was, that was a long time ago um so i mean he said last weekend and this was caught on tape so it's it's you know it's proper record um that his character mikey will come face to face with one-eyed Willie at some point again now i uh, I love the Goonies. I think it's a great movie. You know, it's never it was never going to win any Oscars, but as far as a fun film goes, it, it's a solid piece. I don't feel the need to revisit that.
1: So, I can see why fans would love to have a sequel. Right? Like, I know the allure of like, mm. oh my god, this sequel is going to be amazing. Mm. And you're like, but when you're going on a movie, this your expectations are going to be so high because you have nostalgia mixed in. Yeah, that. No matter what they do, it could be the best written movie of all time. You're not going to like it.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's like, I I was excited for Zoolander 2. And I regret that decision immensely. <laughs> yeah, Because I, Zoolander was one of my favorite movies. Growing yeah. up, I saw it maybe 150 times in my life. Mm. And Zoolander 2, I walked out of the theater. I wanted to walk wow. out of the theater 30 minutes before the end. But at the end, I walked out and I was just like... This was the most terribly written thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's sad because you get your expectations so high. Goonies is a classic. Yeah. That's like saying, let's make a sequel to Feel the Dreams. <laughs> let's do it. And, you know. No. You know, it's. it's a, if you still build it, they will still come. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the tagline. Yeah. You have all these classic movies that people just hold so dear to their hearts that I would rather just, hey, guys. Let's re-release this as if it's a new movie, but just play Goonies 1. Yeah. Like, Ghostbusters. I would love to go to a theater, buy a ticket for Ghostbusters, and see the original (laughs) Ghostbusters. I'd love to see that in theaters again. I I, I think it could make a lot of money. I think it would make a lot of money. Why don't you just recut trailers for old movies and re-release them instead of just remaking them or making a sequel to them?
0: Um, uh, in the chat room uh, film nerd Jamie says the Goonies really doesn't hold up nostalgia fuels that Astin has said this before by the way yeah no I'm, I'm aware that he says it on a regular basis um, Kevin Santos nostalgia is a drug that keeps people expecting a lot on sequels fair point uh, Granbo 19 I think a Goonies reboot could work but I'm torn yeah uh, and Zeno Hour leave Goonies alone for the love of God I think that's fair Bruce Lee all female Goonies yeah <laughs> yeah can you imagine <laughs> if they went you can't uh, do the shuffle shuffle you're fat shaming yeah absolutely
1: um kevin santos asks apart from making money any thoughts on why hollywood wants to revisit these films it's okay so star wars the force awakens right yeah and this is the example i like to use force awakens is for all intents and purposes a remake of a new hope yep it's the same thing uh but if you look at it there's tons of pop culture references out there about, oh, there's the exhaust hole. You you shoot it down, and it blows up the star. There's one weakness. You have so many Star Wars references in pop culture about A New Hope. Yep. And now that they've basically rewrote the same story over again and re-released it as The Force Awakens to a new generation of people, it opens the door for everyone to really connect with all of these previously existing pop culture references. Absolutely. And it's the same with The Goonies. If, if they were to remake The Goonies... I don't think it'd be good if they did a sequel that kinda was the same movie in a way yeah. and just brought back the old themes and brought back the pop culture references. I mean, I think that's what they'd end up doing. Just to connect with the new audience. Like there there's Hollywood has been remaking
0: movies since it's existed. Yeah. This isn't anything new. People think that this is a new thing. Like no, like- Well, people look at the thing, look at the fly. I mean, I know so many people that didn't. I mean, kind of moronic, but they didn't realize that Cronenberg's Fly was a remake of The Fly. They didn't realize that John Carpenter's The Thing was not people an, think an original that movie. The Tom
1: Cruise Mummy is the first time the Mummy has been remade. No, the Brendan Fraser Mummy was a remake of the Mummy. Yeah. Um. It's it's always been a story. It's just Hollywood takes it in different times because. They know that it's a good story. Mm. They know that people like it. They know they can sell tickets to it. So, every 20 years or so, you're going to get a remake of the same movie yeah. because Hollywood doesn't like to be original in some ways. They like to let adults have nostalgia, but the kids need something to build their nostalgia on too. Yeah. But because kids are not watching... I mean, let's be honest. The majority of kids aren't watching movies from the 80s anymore. Like, you could ask any kid that's 18 or 19 right now, if you saw the original Mummy with Brendan Fraser, they're probably mm. going to say no. Yeah. Yeah. If you say, hey, are you going to see The Mummy? They're like, oh, you mean the one with Tom Cruise?
0: Yeah. like, well, no, the Boris Karloff version. Well, even with Star Wars. Like, yeah. There's lots of people who saw those movies and hadn't seen them. Well, I remember even... Tw- I like, I'm going back a little while now, but even sort of about 15, 20 years ago, I remember I was working in a, in a radio station in, uh, in the east of England and uh, one of our work experience girls came she in and was up. like, oh, my God, she went, I saw a brilliant old movie last night. And this was like 1996. I went, oh, yeah, what was it? Expecting, I don't know, um, M or <laughs> Metropolis. No, no, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She didn't get the end credit scene didn't, at no. She didn't understand didn't that. Didn't understand, no, no, that um, was old. I'm like, well... Screw you! Well, you probably didn't like uh, like
1: Civil War then, when it's like, yeah. hey, guys, th- there's this old movie. It's, uh, it's start. You don't wear any laps. The thing around the
0: thing. Yeah, it's called an ATAT
1: or an AT-AT, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Jedi Lions says the discussion about that. It's another, but yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, but again, another thing, another old 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 movie. Um, this week Brian Grazer was saying that he's developing a uh, Splash reboot. Now, I love Splash. Um, if, if, for those of you who haven't seen it, if anyone hasn't seen it, it was a classic Tom Hanks movie just before Tom Hanks was absolutely massive. He was kind of a darling of, of TV at that point, and that was Jenny was just becoming a movie star. Daryl Hannah and John Candy. Um, uh, Daryl Hannah plays a mermaid that Tom <laughs> Hanks falls in love with. Um, it's, it's a great movie. I don't think... It spawned a really, really bad straight-to-video sequel, Splash 2. No, was, I didn't know that. Christ, it's bad. I would say watch it, but don't watch it.
1: Tom Hanks isn't it, in that. No, no God, okay, no. no. Good, good, good,
0: good. No. Good. Um, no, it, it, it was a terrible, terrible film. Um, so I, I'm i torn about a reboot on that. Um, I just don't know if we need that. we got kind of, you know, we got a Little Mermaid remake coming. I don't think we suddenly need a slew of mermaid-related well, I mean, you saw movies. in China
1: they just released The Mermaid, yeah. and it did super,
0: super well. Yeah, not a kid's film, just in case you're wondering. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I think the allure of this film is that if you're a diehard Tom Hanks film, you're going to buy the DVD, you're going to watch it, you're going to see it on yeah. Netflix, you're like, oh, Tom Hanks is in this, let me watch it. If it doesn't have Tom Hanks, God forbid they cast Colin Hanks. <laughs> um, Love you, Colin, but no. Yeah. I, I don't see the need for it. Yeah. But there's been a whole string of movies coming out recently that you just wonder why. Mm. So I think this is just another one of those where you're like, it's a gamble. The The production is just like, cool, let's do this. Hopefully
0: it does well. But it was a, tu- I, I believe it was a touchstone movie, which would make it a Disney property now. So whether Disney would decide to do that as part of their canon, I don't know whether they would like to see this as potentially a second franchise opportunity or additional franchise opportunity. Sorry, they've got more than two franchises. Um, could yeah, I don't know, but I, just I mean, don't do you think? See the, I mean, if they're gonna remake it, I just don't see it as a as a theatrical
1: release. I see it more as like a like a Disney on TV movie or something. Yeah,
0: well, i I'd, a horrendous idea of an Adventures in Babysitting remake, which I believe is going to be on the Disney Channel. Uh. If it hasn't got Elizabeth shoe in it, I'm not bloody interested. Sorry. Um, so, Ah, Cape Fear, another film that was a remake. Talking about remakes earlier, again, brilliant, really, really good. Um, Speaking okay. of Danny Trejo, yes. Splash with Danny Trejo would be great as the mermaid.
1: No, as the as the as Tom Hanks's character. Yes, and then you can get uh, you can get Tom Hanks now as the mermaid. <laughs> Make it might. a direct
0: sequel. He might do it.
1: Yeah. Well, ask
0: him. Uh, okay. Some other things that are going on at the moment. A kind of a remake, but not really. It's uh, it's um, uh, Jennifer. Lawrence has decided that she's not going to do um, Ocean's Ocho, which is going to be the female um, counterpart of the Ocean's Eleven series. Um, so she was originally attached to the project. She's now not doing it. Uh, Mindy Carling has joined and Helena Bonham Carter have joined. Uh, and the uh, George Clooney and Brad Pitt roles are going to be played by Kate Blanchett and um, Sandra Bullock, respectively. Um, I... I am really, I like the idea of this as much as I like the idea of the female expendables. I think this is really, really good. But we have seen in the past, and again, this is a film from the 90s, where when Young Guns was popular, they did a female version of Young Guns. It was all women cowboys, and it just didn't work. But I think with this cast, it's a film that I would watch because they are all people that... I, I think would give good performances. I'm not upset about Jennifer Lawrence not being in it at all now, but I'm absolutely fine with that. And it's a slightly older woman doing it, which I think could add a certain level of class and gravitas to it. I haven't seen Cate Blanchett doing this kind of thing. She, she did Bandits with um, Billy Bob Thornton and Bruce Willis. Not a great movie, but heist-related. I think she... I, I like Cate Blanchett.
1: I don't think I can comment on this until I've actually seen something about it, okay, like until I've seen a trailer, I'm not gonna comment because both like the I've seen terrible movies by these actresses and I've seen amazing movies by these actresses yeah and it it really, really all depends on the writing if they try to do the same thing they're doing with ghostbusters to it, not really that excited like it's another one of those movies that's like straight faced comedy where yeah, it's like you know the comedy is in the situations mm. and not in the characters trying to. Crack jokes. Yeah. So, I mean, if they try to write it as a comedy, I'm probably not going to like it. But if they write it as an Oceans movie and it just is funny in its own right, I think I'll be a big fan of it. Because there's no difference between these actresses and, you know, George Clooney, and and there's no difference in their talent. Mm. It's just... the, The problem... I think the problem right now is that we're on this kick of... We need to cast more women. We need to cast more women, but they don't write movies the same way for some reason. Sure. It's like cast more women. I don't care whether it's a guy or a woman in the role, oh, but okay. if you're going to if you're going to write a movie and you're going to make it with an all-female cast or whatever you want to do, you still need to write it well. Mm. Like you can't just call it in and be like like Hollywood is just terrible at writing women's roles sometimes. And I yeah. think that's that's the. I tell you how they should
0: remedy that by getting more women to write for women. Yes, like do it because there's a lot of there's a lot of men writing stuff for women. I'm like, let women do it. They know women better than men do.
1: I mean, I'm I'm fairly there's a lot of women writers out there. I'm fairly on the fence. Like I'm not one of those like diehard like oh put put women in everything, take men out of it. Like I'm not I'm nice. not that. I just think that you need to not people need to stop thinking about it as 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 a gender thing, mm. in, in terms of what the characters are. I think you can take any character, and a man or a woman can play it. I think you can yep. have any. Like you could literally take Ocean's Eleven, do the same script, cut out any thing that references their sex, and put women in. And well, they've
0: be... done it with Tilda Swinton. You know, in so, the Doctor Strange movie.
1: Well, that even got hate, but that yeah. was for another reason. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's like. For some reason, Hollywood thinks, okay, if we're going to do women in this, we better make it dumbed
0: down. It's like, no, no, just make it a good movie and then cast it. People will go and see movies where women are dumbed down. Sex and the City, Sex and the City 2. But I would rather watch a movie where women are not dumbed down. Just because, then I don't feel like I'm fucking wasting my time. To be honest with you, I don't want to see women made look stupid any more than I want to see men look stupid. Um, If I want to see men look stupid, I'll go and watch a a Kevin Hart movie or something, (laughs) you know, Netflix, yeah, or something like that, where it's like that you're you're meant to be a guy who's playing dumb. Great, fantastic, or anything that Martin Lawrence did for like fifteen years, brilliant. But you know, this I'd like them to be sassy, intelligent women. I'd like them to do a female version of a George Clooney type role. Yeah, that's what I'd like to see, and they can they can carry that off. I think the
1: problem is a lot of these a lot of these actresses are getting famous for this same kind of genre, like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, she's now a lot of people don't like her. I like her. I don't like the movie she does, but I think she's very talented. But I think it's just because she keeps getting the same kind of stuff. Mm. And, like, even with Ghostbusters, I was like, okay, cool. We can get a straight-faced Melissa McCarthy where it's unintentional comedy. Yeah. And now it's just from the trailer. I'm like, oh, cool. They're just literally writing her the exact same way that she's always getting
0: well. I'm one of the few people that actually love The Boss early this year. That's coming out in the UK this week. I mean, it had some of the most creative genital-based gags I've seen <laughs> in a long time. So if you're, if you're into jokes about vaginas and penises, then there's some corkers in there. <laughs> um, now, I wrote I wrote a piece for Netflix. That didn't get used on the poster, by the way. Um, I wrote a piece on Netflix last December about um, Adam Sandler, uh, his deal for uh, Netflix doing a six-movie deal. And I said someone else who was of a similar oeuvre, um, who could probably do with a bit of a career revival uh, is Eddie Murphy. So this week it was announced that Eddie Murphy is going to be doing a, a mock doc Um, a mock music doc for Netflix with Brett Ratner, who he's worked with before. They did Tower Heights together in 2011, I think that was. Um, This is going to be Soul, 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 the Murray Murray story um, about a singer who basically he gets some of his work sampled and decides that rather than doing his old style music, he's going to sort of try and make it in the world of hip-hop. Could be very funny. Eddie Murphy hasn't been funny in a film outside of Shrek for a long time. Um, his last couple of major release movies were not his finest work at all by nope. any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they were box office stinkers. He hasn't really, outside of Shrek, had a box office hit since before Pluto Nash. And that was a while ago. That was, what, 16, 18 years ago? Yeah. That was a long time ago. I, I remember Pluto
1: Fee- Nash. I think it's funny, though, now that Hillary's... Kind of clinching the nomination. Yes. And you had Pluto Nash like, oh, I'm spending hundreds of Hillary's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think his movie was just before its time. I think that's what it is. That's a good point, actually. We need to reboot Pluto
0: Nash. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Hart, let's get on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, Kevin Hart on the Rock. But. I we'll can everything else. Will can throw uh, everything yeah, too. absolutely. But yeah, so I think this will be quite interesting. I think Eddie Murphy will. I mean, I'm not a lot of the stuff that Adam Sandler's done for Netflix. It's, it's been truly appalling. You know, I didn't like the Do Over. I didn't like the the, the uh, cowboy film he did a couple of months ago. They just weren't funny. they again, they're nice, not his finest work. But I think it'll give Eddie Murphy a chance to really hone his skills again as a great comedian. For me, he's one of the greatest comedians of our generation. He's just had some shit films and bad scripts. And bad ideas.
1: Well, have you have you before this news article came out? Have you Googled or looked up Eddie Murphy in a while? Not for a long time. So, like a month ago or two months ago, I was looking up Eddie Murphy. I'm like, mm. I'd love to get him in studio for an interview. I know he doesn't do press. He's sure. very yeah yeah. He just hates press. Um, but he's been doing reggae music. Okay, so he has done music before though. No, but he's he's actively like I think he just released his a new album of like Jamaican reggae music. Uh, if you his Twitter was all decked out for it, right? And I don't know if that was was this all leading up kind of in a Joaquin Phoenix style to this movie or is mm. this like even now his Twitter is him with a guitar promoting his temporary coming soon Eddie Murphy's upcoming solo album nine. So right, I don't know. Is this all? I don't know. Gearing up for this? Or is, is he only doing the movie to promote his music? Yeah. He, he just, he's been out of comedy for so long, I'm not even sure if, he's, if he wants to get back into
0: it. Um, he received... I watched a thing, I think it was on PBS. There was a ceremony where he won a, a major um, award uh, for his comedy. It was an award that's given out every year. And, um, he, and they, they had a lot of people that he's worked with previously. People like Arsenio Hall and that, that kind. And um, they showed clips from some of his movies... And you look back at his catalogue and you're like, he's really good. When Eddie Murphy is good, whether it's doing stand-up or whether it's doing, you know, characters in a movie... Eddie Murphy's good. He's bloody good, and he's still. A lot of that stuff stands up really, really well today. Trading, I would like trading to see places, him back. coming to America, Fantastic. two of my favorite movies of all time. Brilliant. They're absolutely amazing. brilliant. Um, as, as the Bowfinger is uh, was pulled out as a, was one of his recent highlights. Yeah, um, the Clumps, uh, Nutty Professor. Yeah, but those were like twenty years ago.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. That's a long time. Tell you me, know. well.
0: Bowfinger's is great
1: because him and Steve Martin together are yeah. just a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and Steve Martin on Twitter is one of the funniest people to follow. If yeah. you if you don't follow Steve Martin, go follow him. It's hilarious. Every time I ask somebody if they've seen Beaufinger, the answer is no. Though.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I would only watched it very recently because someone kept a friend of mine, Andrew, kept um, going on at me about seeing this film. And I was like, oh Christ, I want to
1: watch it, and it, it's good. People like it's so You good. can ask you can ask anyone who works here with me. Yeah. Um, You'll randomly hear me saying "keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together." Like I will always be referencing that movie. Welcome to Mindhead. Welcome to Mindhead. Gotcha, suck. it. Like I think that movie is one of his greatest movies, and nobody's ever seen
0: it. When I ask it, yeah. I get
1: I get so upset because like, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, it's a great, it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, so I'm 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 pretty excited about this. I mean, it. it, it it, there was a, a website, I can't remember which one, that pointed out this week about the fact that um, Popstar um, Never Stop Never Stopping, the Lonely Island movie. I, I'm didn't, seeing this weekend. didn't so do well excited. at the box office, which was a massive disappointment because I loved it. It's a very, very funny movie. And this is, you know, I'm going to get on my soapbox just very briefly. But a lot of people complain about the fact there aren't original movies out there. And even though we have had mockumentaries before, it's not the first one. It's a bloody good one it's really really solid and people just haven't gone out to see it I know there's a lot of good stuff to watch out there at the moment but when there's good stuff like that and new stuff and innovative stuff in the theatre you should go and see it you can't then sit there and complain that there's nothing original there's nothing different out there it's all superhero movies if they don't make money they're not going to yeah they would just they'll stop making them I mean I think it'll find it's true home on video on demand and home entertainment I think that's where it will really get its status like so many of these films have Um, but you know it's still it's a great if you can if it's showing in your local uh, multiplex go and see pop star um, never stop never stopping it's funny it's really funny
1: I, i've been trying to find time to see it and i want to see it this yeah, weekend you, you um, should do it, i'm just so happy for andy Samberg. Yeah. Because he was he was the best thing. He was the only thing that made me watch in Night Live when he was on it. Mm. Was the digital shorts and just any skit he was in was the only thing I watched that show. And then The Lonely Island. And then the second album kind of came out and fizzled with mm. Lonely Island. Nobody really no. listened to it mark. at all. But the fact is, I mean, he did Hot Rod. And Which it's is a, a great movie. It's a cult classic. bombed. Yeah. But this, finally, it's a movie he's starring in. It's got great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, mm. even though the box office wasn't as well. Like... People are saying it's gonna be a cult classic, which is great yeah. because he deserves it. He yeah. he's so good in everything I see him in. Like if anyone deserves Adam Sandler money, it's a, it's Andy yeah. Sandberg. He deserves yeah. to have that amount of money. Yeah. And you know what? Take Eddie Murphy, put him with Andy Sandberg. Ooh. Like, let's let's bring some old comedy to the new comedy. Like, I'd love to see that.
0: I like the idea of that. I really I really like the idea of that. That's good. That is good. That'd be fun. I'd watch that. Oh my god, heartbeat. I would so watch that. You, that would be just. Well, great, and Andy Samberg
1: does like the reggae stuff too. Toil part time in Jack Holdstone Creamery. <laughs> you know, like that would be phenomenal. Oh my god,
0: I think <laughs> I think we've just got a treatment.
1: I think that's that's the that's the reboot of Twins. I'll walk in the office. Yes, yeah. I'll tell him Eddie Murphy, Andy Samberg, Twins.
0: <laughs> yeah, like brilliant. It's ten million dollars. Stephen, only yours. Um Yeah, I, that, that's great. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. It's, uh, people were saying, yeah, Pop Star was hilarious. That from Mac Tilly, absolutely. Um, yeah, Mindhead, Head, a, a bow fingers, a subtle Scientology slant. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's great. I just, I love. I've still got a lot of love for Eddie Murphy. I every now and again I go and revisit his stand up, and it's up there with some of the stuff that Robin Williams did. It's up there with greats like George Carlin. It's just, it's exemplary comedy. It's absolutely fantastic, and I, I think to have him back working on comedy and doing Netflix, I think is a great idea. So, For sure. um, also this week, uh, John Hamm. Um, the guys behind Archer, do you watch Archer, the, the animated show?
1: Yes. I haven't watched it in a few seasons, but it's okay. a great binge to
0: watch. The executive producer, Matt Thompson, has been saying this week uh, during an interview that um, there has been talk of, of doing an Archer movie. They haven't decided whether it would be live action or where it would be animated. If it was animated, it would be the guy who voices Archer currently who would do it. But if they did live action, they would definitely get John Hamm to play Archer. Now, whether they would get John Hamm... To voice Archer or whether they would get John Hamm to physically play Archer and then get the voice of the the guy who does the voice of Archer a giant to do Benjamin the voice yeah they haven't decided either way I think that's a great idea can do you think they can do a live action archer movie I think they could I don't know whether it should be theatrical though or whether it should be explored as just doing something that is small theatrical release and then uh doing it as a as a VOD I'm not looking know. at that kind of all It's just thing. I think
1: one of the, the most iconic things about archer is the is the art design, yeah, and mark, you're in the booth, you're engineering, and you're a big fan of Archer, so you can speak to this too but if if I'm going to get an archer movie instead of a live action, I'd say do it in the way of like South Park bringing in live action uh in that like you cast like they could create so much buzz around an Archer movie by casting John Hamm as Archer and having all these A-list stars as the characters, but then only have them in maybe thirty seconds of the movie with like a in like a reality acid trip kind of moment. I think that'd be hilarious, and have the rest of the movie have it be a ninety-minute animated film. Like I. I would rather go see an Archer animated film, yeah. that has 30 seconds of John Hamm as Archer and random A-list stars. Would you Would you want to see that in theaters though, or would you
0: rather see that in a home? Entertainment? I'd go see that
1: in theaters. You would in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think the writing is so strong on that show that you just if they if they did a cohesive mm. feature, I'd go. i probably go watch a two and a half hour Archer movie if I could.
0: And with how many seasons the uh, the crew has
1: done the the live action. The, the new live action cast would have to earn their place on the screen a lot quicker than the TV cast has. So I say keep it animated.
0: Yeah, okay. uh, keep it animated again. Just switch to reality for a second, like South Park did. That's uh, coming from two fans. Obviously, that would be the the preferred. You guys would know. Um, I mean, I would just be interested to see if it was live action. How they would visually interpret it. I'd like to see how they would create it not exactly the same as they did with Dick Tracy but transferring that but doing it well and making a good film um i would like to see because very few people have managed to make take a film that is animated or take a take a product that is animated and then actually make it a live action and not lose something along the way if they're going to
1: do it they need to disregard all of the disregard the show entirely they need to make archer its own live action that mm. starts from the beginning. It doesn't depend on it can have the same kind of like tropes throughout it, like danger zone and that kind of stuff. But yeah. I think you can't just have it be as unrealistic. Like I just saw a man from Uncle the other day. Great movie. And I thought that's the close like That kind of um, spirit to the movie is the same thing you mm. probably get from an archer live action. With like the torture scene where like he's torturing him but then like the guy just like comes in and is just kind of watching and like jokes around. They mm. have the damn short in the wire. And they walk around and decide whether they're gonna kill the guy or not, and then the wire just shorts back. Like, that's the kind of comedy, but you don't need to have it be an Archer movie. But if you're going to, don't try to make let John Hamm be John Hamm. Yep. Written like Archer. Don't have him trying to do a voice. Don't have him trying to act in in like this, like trying to achieve this whole fan thing. Just Mm. make a good spy movie that's comedic.
0: Yeah okay i think that's a really interesting take actually I'm, I'm i'm convinced on that uh also this week um making news was uh zootropolis zootopia, zootopia. <laughs> zootropolis in the uk yeah. i read a piece on this for the uk this week um yeah so zootopia okay, it was called zootropia they changed the name because they thought people in the uk would not get a zootopia
1: well topias a, you know utopia zootopia do you i mean you can understand that right simon i know you're from across the pond but
0: well i i would have got zootopia
1: are you sure yeah sure yeah what makes more sense Zotropolis or zootopia
0: zootopia i was used to
1: i'm being such an asshole right now I'd no be- it's fine i was like
0: <laughs> i they're just words i'd be no i would be fine with either uh it become the uh, it obviously passed um you know billion doing very very well and became the second biggest original movie of all time um in in, in the world behind avatar i thought um, it was better than Avatar. I, I, I'm I not a fan. I've I discussed this on the show previously, but I'm not a fan of Avatar. As I mean, a film, I'm a I fan thought it of was massively like, derivative. I respect, visually, impressive. As a story, I didn't like it, and the casting didn't like most of the performances. I like Avatar about as much as Waterworld. And I love Waterworld. Waterworld's awesome. Yeah, it's
1: just like, hell, I'll watch yeah. this. Avatar's the same way, but I'm not... I'm not jumping about the story. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm. Like I'm kinda like siding with the military. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Just burn it all down.
0: <laughs> Um but yeah, so it, it's done phenomenally well, and the, the, the directors of the film have already said that they are looking at um they're looking at doing a sequel because what what happened with when they were making the first film, they started to explore the expanded world and characters that they could put in it, and they just simply didn't have enough room. It would have been too overcrowded, and there's a lot going on in it anyway. So they've already said we've all already got this extended world, we've already got these additional characters and these storylines in mind. So uh, I think we could very easily do a sequel. Now I think Disney would be stupid not to cash in on this. I think they're going to do a TV show instead. Do you think uh, that's interesting? I think I think
1: it because they've created such a great world in the first movie. Mm. They could do a TV show so easily with with that same universe that they've created. Okay, and have it be very very popular, just like the Frozen craze, like super popular. Yeah, I think if they're going to do a sequel, they should do it similar to how you explain Finding Dory, yeah. where it's not the same characters. It's a completely different storyline. I mean, of course, they make your cameos and stuff, and you can have Giselle or Gazelle.
0: Yeah. But... I don't know i see i see using that universe in lots of ways you see i i think they would probably just go for a straight movie because money money if you can make a billion and you can possibly make a billion again possibly more you would probably quite i mean obviously you know disney are not short of billion dollar franchises right now you know captain america civil war has passed a billion um we're probably looking at you know obviously star wars last year did two billion you know looking at a billion again for possibly the star wars film this year um obviously you've got finding dory coming out next week which is probably going to make a billion they're not short of billion dollar movies right now but if you've got one sitting there in your lap i think to not put that out there when you're making things like cars three yeah you would be remiss but to they not have a Cars TV show too yeah that is true so i mean they they could do both they could do both frozen two you know that that it I mean, I don't think Frozen needs a sequel, but it made a shedload of money, so they're going to make a sequel. So, I mean, there's nothing to say they they can't do both. That would be an option. Um, but we'll see. I think it's just which, however they can make money, make Hillary's, I think, you know, they, they will probably go ahead and do that. Yeah. So, We're talking about yeah.
1: Avatar. James Cameron's doing... Well, yeah, I mean, that years. was only
0: supposed to be, you know, it was first two movies and three movies. And I think then it's like, is it, is it three or four sequels he's doing now? The top Maybe of
1: it's just three sequels, but all in two parts.
0: Yeah. You know, let's God. just do that. Stop with want- the two parting Hollywood. It's the worst. It's awful. And all you do is leave audiences with these blue balls where they just want to end the movie. And that final one is very rarely good enough to warrant its own movie. You're overstretching it. It's a very popular thing to do.
1: Um, real quick, I'm going to tell sure. our fans that you can go to iTunes. All of our videos on YouTube are available as podcasts on iTunes. Yeah. And if you want to, you can shoot us a rating and a comment. So whatever you think of the show, we'll read the comments out because it's great to know what you guys think of the show. Um, also, please hit that thumbs up. we got 61 people watching live right now. So if you want to hit that thumbs up, if you like the show... Please do so. It keeps us searchable. And Absolutely. we put out all this content for free. We do. Um, so, you know what? That's the least you could do. And I,
0: help actu- us out. I actually met somebody, John, this week. Um, I was at Universal Studios in Hollywood um, attending the uh, press day for the Walking Dead attraction that opens on July 4th. And I was in the Starbucks there. And uh, John came up to me and loved the show, watches it. Does he have a last name? Uh, Just John? Uh, I just knew him as John. Okay, well John, Um, thank you for watching. Fantastic. So, um, great to actually meet someone who, we do these things and you do wonder who's watching. Um, And John is watching. John is watching. And loving it.
1: Speaking of John's uh, Today at 12, we have John Ottman, who uh, directed and, I mean not directed, sorry, edited and composed the music for X-Men Apocalypse, X-Men Days of Future Past, The Nice Guys, and we're doing an interview with him live at noon today. That's specific Tanner time. So Fantastic. Uh, you're more than welcome to stick around and meet him if you'd like. Oh, uh, so. you may well do that. Yeah, so uh, check out that. Um, so, uh, Stephen, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you guys can find me at uh, Stephen Lemieux, i I'm also on the Popcorn Talk Twitter. You are. Uh, again, I, I respond to a lot of the tweets on there and any of the comments on the channel and stuff like that, I will be looking at those as well and responding to those. But, yeah, follow at the Popcorn Talk on Twitter and subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash the Popcorn Uh, slash popcorn talk network. And then iTunes, you can find all our shows there. Everything's a podcast uh, as well. And again, all of our stuff's free. Uh, I'm here 90 hours a week just to make sure everything stays free.
0: (laughs) And, (laughs) That's it. Uh, did we have any callers? Were people going to call in? Uh, we didn't have any callers today. All right. Well, uh, which is fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, but so thank you for um, co-hosting this week. Uh, much appreciated. Yeah, um, I will be back next week. Uh, Jeff is uh, still away, um, but he will be back. So uh, next week it will be me. i uh, lining up a guest at the moment. I will let you know on Twitter who that's going to be. Uh, if you want to find me on uh, Twitter, you can find me at Showbiz Simon. Same for Instagram. Uh, if you want to find me on Facebook, it's Facebook.com forward slash ThisIsSimonThompson. Uh, thanks for taking part in the show thanks to everybody in the chat room there's been lots of stuff coming through on there today and it's been very much appreciated have a great day and we'll see you next week and tell everybody about the show we really appreciate it thank you from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil spitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com i'm sir richard wentworth and this has been a presentation of the popcorn talk network